We've been talking about our front line. So many things we've discussed and covered and how this is an unstoppable mission. It indeed is a battle without bullets. It's not political power, but it's Holy Spirit power. And how that we are the witnesses. In the sense of the word, how the Christ is on trial in the world, and we are the ones that are taking the stand, testifying and witnessing on his behalf to our generation. Jesus spent 40 days when he was here after the resurrection showing himself alive. We have been commissioned to be part of that showing him alive. And how that we are light in the darkness. We've covered our frontline call, our frontline commission. And how we need to be a frontline church, and then also frontline care. Today, I would like to, by the help of the Lord, do frontline cry and frontline commit, commitment. Imagine that you are God's earthly counterpart. You are an agent of God on earth. And that your role one of the roles is to be an intercessor. To be someone who is standing in the gap. And it's about praying for your front line. Because the, one of the primary purposes of Intercessory prayer is, it's the principle in which God releases his power. It's a prayer that pleads with God for needs. It's taking hold of God's will and refusing to let it go until the will comes to pass.
by intercessory prayer, our hearts are united with people in the place that we pray for. The power of prayer and intercessory prayer is that it can change the very spiritual atmosphere. It takes a stance and a position where it endures all setbacks. It overcomes all obstacles. It's prayer that presses on until we apprehend God's will in a situation. In your prayer in your front line, as you can, are praying that the scales from the of the eyes of the blinded will fall off, and they might see. In prayer, you are linking God's mercy with the human need. You are. God's earthly counterpart. You are operating in close partnership with God. Yes. See, heaven intervenes when men intercede. We find that historically, according to scriptures, that there was a, and has been, I don't think there needs to be, but historically, there was a shortage of earthly partners in the realm of standing in the gap. If you have those passages of scriptures there for me, and in Ezekiel 22, 30, Isaiah 59, 16, Psalms 106, 23, and James 5. So I sought for a man who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but found no one. It's a bleak situation, isn't it? He saw that there was no man. And he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. Therefore, he said that he would destroy them, had not, this is now a different setting. Therefore, he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he destroy them. Notice the power, the role, the dynamic. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and did not rain until on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again, 
and heaven gave rain and the earth produces its fruit. Thank you, Father, your word for its richness, for its insight, God, and for its direction. Give you praise in Jesus, Jesus' name. A prayer assignment. It is an official one. God is looking for intercessors. God is looking for prayer warriors. Someone who will step in the gap for another. Whatever the situation might be, but that it needs divine intervention. Divine intervention. Yes. It's prayer that God employs to reach others. Think about it. Jesus set the example the role of intercession and the role of of prayer for us. The power of prayer in the life of prayer is amazing not only that it works in the present but it continues to work in your absence. Prayer, your prayers, your prayers, they live beyond your life. The ones that are not fulfilled in your lifetime, have not died according to the book of Revelations where God captures them. Prayer. Prayer. I want to start with the prayer that you use in praying for your front line that I refer to as the prayer of ignorance. And everyone does not fall into the category, but there is such a prayer that we're to pray on behalf of those in our front line, utilizing the prayer of ignorance. Jesus, Stephen, and Peter prayed or pled the prayer of ignorance. Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. 
Stephen, as he's being stoned, he says, Father, don't lay this sin at their charge because they're ignorant of what's going on. Jesus himself spoke concerning the children of, or the, the, concerning the people of Nineveh. As he's dealing with Jonah's disappointment, and Jonah, he, he wants revenge, and God wants mercy. And so he says, don't you understand? They don't know the right hand from their left hand. And what he's saying there and that culturally is you moms and moms and dads will know about this, that, that your kids, you know, when they're growing up and all of a sudden you're trying to teach them the right hand from the left hand and you say, where's your, which is your right hand? And they'll throw out your left hand, you know, vice versa. And they get it mixed up. Once in a while they get it, the right hand. And they get it wrong. And that's what he's saying. And so as we have a heart and as we pray for, for the blinded eyes spiritually and for the, for the sinfulness which is so heart-rending to God and is a reality. Destructive things. We're not praying their innocence. We're praying their ignorance. My, what a, what a compassionate heart, huh? See, some people are just clueless. They're just clueless. Now, I don't know who they might be. But I already know this, that when God just made a simple, you know, element of, don't you know they're blind? Think about it. What is blindness? Now, there is a gospel that can open the eyes, and that's what we're called to do. We've got to tell the story. We've got to... Speak about the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ. It's probably not so much about their ignorance, but it's about the position of our heart. Imagine Stephen, you know, getting stoned for his confession and for his stance, and yet he was able to Say, don't lay this sin at their charge. See, that's what an intercessor does. That's what a gap stander does. It bridges the gap. God is getting ready to really pass out judgment to the children of Israel. Moses, he stands in the, in the gap and says, you know, he puts himself on the line. Don't do it. Begins to reason with God. 
I mean, his heart was such, a, such an intercessor and such a gap stander. You know what I mean? When God says, I'm going to blot their names out of the book of life, Moses says, well, listen. If you blot theirs out, blot mine out too. That's an amazing intercessor's heart. Now, I know that God said, you know what I mean? Wait a minute. You don't get that call. <laughs> That's basically what he said. You don't get that call. I make that determination. But an intercessor's heart. Yeah. They don't know what they do. They don't know the extent of what's of what they're doing. He prays best who loves best. Yeah. Remember when Jesus had a supper and a meal at Simon's house. And at Simon's house, a woman comes in who was a sinner. And Simon is having a trouble with the connection. And so Jesus tells him a story about forgiveness in the varying degrees. And he says that you love the best when you understand, you know what I mean, the extent of your forgiveness. And, and as a, I was raised in church. I was, I'm the child of a, of a pastor. And, and I thank God for all of those protective, you know what I mean, journeys and the pathway that, that I was able to have that protected me from so much. And it took a little while in life to really come to grips with how much really I have been forgiven. I did not have a track record of that sinner woman had. I was not known, you know. I was not known in life about my issues. Just issues, you know. Isn't it interesting that all the nameless people, they're only known by their issues? See, your issue is really, you know what I mean, it's just going to travel. But as I journeyed and, you know, become aware of 
sin and my life, I've come to appreciate more deeply to love more. And that except for God's grace, when I would look at someone who had been steeped in sin and, you know, whose life had been ruined. There goes I, except for God's grace. Yeah. Depending on you to make up the hedge. What kind of hedge should we be praying for our front lines? I think we a good place to start with a hedge in our front line is the Lord's Prayer. And don't make it just about us, make it about them. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what I mean? Let your kingdom come. Got a front line, God. I want to see your kingdom come. Let your will be done and begin to pray for, you know what I mean, their daily needs. You don't want to starve them out. Remember Frontline Commission? Frontline Commission is, is to be there to bless them so that you know, things can improve. And in their peace, you have peace. I like what Paul wrote to Timothy, and he says that this role that we have in our lives with, in relationship to prayer and intercession is to have priority. I exhort, first of all, that prayer First of all, prayer, supplication, giving of thanks, be made for all men. And he goes on to say, especially those sometimes, you know what I mean, who in the role of authority. The priority of prayer. That slogan I think that, that Nike coined and it's, everyone knows it within a you know has lived any time because I think it's still around and just do it just do it you can hold a powerful role in the relationship of men with God and God with men Abraham interceded, interceded for Sodom. Moses pleaded for the mercy for Israel. Daniel made supplication for his people. Paul prayed for the people that he served. And of course, Jesus prayed for you and prayed for me. And when he saw their state, and their blindness. 
time was running out, he be, wept. He wept. But James says that there is effective power. There's dynamics that's made available by our prayers. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or makes, one translation says, great power available. Yeah. Your role and my role is gap standing is, you know, is not insignificant. It's major. God's looking for that one that's, you know, make up the hedge. In other words, a, a hedge is a protective mechanism. It's, you know, it's the inroad that, that oftentimes the enemy breaks in and unobstructed. And so he says, we need to put a prayer hedge around them. Yes. This prayer life of yours is so important to God that the scripture says it's like a fragrance to him when you pray. My wife loves these perfume candles. And she lights them and burns them in the fragrance. She just, you know, loves it. And that's what God is saying in the sense of the word. He's saying that, that your prayers, you know, is like a beautiful fragrance. It comes up to God, you know? I think that, that, that your prayer has an identifying element to it. Oh, that's Jill praying again. That's David praying again. That's Jim praying again. Your prayers, it says, are like the evening sacrifice or incense. And if you divulge that just a little bit, it means that it has some special ingredients in it because the incense could only be made of certain ingredients. This is that... It was holy. The incense that went up, you know, was holy to the Lord. Think about it. That your prayers are holy to the Lord. Yeah. God actually enjoys your prayers. He 
He also says, according to Revelation chapter 5, that your prayers are not lost. He says he puts them in a vial and he keeps them. Now, personally, I love the ones that he answers right away. That's our impatience. That's our, you know what I mean? But he enjoys this because it's the fragrance to God. But he also says that it's precious and it's a treasure. That's why he captures them. Amen. We'll have my musicians to come. Let me make this statement because I need to get just a little bit in commitment because this I have to conclude this subject. Prayer or God is not a vending machine for your need. He promises to supply all of your need. But prayer was meant to be more than a telephone for room service and getting comforts. But it is also a wartime walkie-talkie. Amen. You're going to battle for the soul of mankind. You're becoming an ophthalmologist to help open the eyes of the blind that they might see. (coughs) That they might see your good See? (laughs) See? And glorify your Father which is in in heaven. My message this morning is not so much about getting you to pray, but because I think you are praying, but to see the dynamics of your prayer. See the preciousness of your prayer. See, you know what I mean? The value of your prayer. Not only in the presence of God, but your prayers bring the presence of God into the presence of people's lives. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to not do commitment, Karen. Okay. As you stand with me this morning. By the way, Paul and Fran, congratulations.
we'll be there, but congratulations. Yeah. Your prayers are not lost. Some of them will live beyond you. But your role and count earthly counterpart is to pray and intercede and stand in the gap. God's role is to take them and fulfill them. Yeah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray. You don't have to pray. We're not going to pray. This is part of my sermon. <laughs> but in your prayer, you say, Father, I pray for, and you put that front line in there. I ask you to forgive them because they don't really know what they're doing. See, God wants to forgive them, but he needs somebody on earth. You know what I mean? Number one, that's why he sent Jesus, obviously. It's all wrapped up in him. But you and I can actually pray. And we have authority and we have, we have audience. We, we have an uh, influence with the Father because of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is ever making intercession. He needs the earthly counterpart that's also making intercession. Amen? Yes. James says that your prayers have great influence and power. Yeah. Does. Your prayers do. And so... Sometimes we roll along in life, and it's just a natural thing. You know what I mean? We pray when we get up. We pray at meals. We do all of those things, you know? But those are really effective. That's what the Word says. See, you don't always have to feel every prayer. You just need to pray every prayer. <laughs> Let's sing a song. We'll wrap this up today. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God's given you a front line. Amen. And he's given you a front line not only where, for, uh, where you work and for your service, but he's given you a front line before the throne. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may receive grace and mercy in the time of need. We are grace and mercy dispensers, church. Yeah.
Absolutely we are. We're dispensers of His grace, His mercy, and His love. Give the Lord a praise and we'll sing this morning. Hallelujah. You know in that passage of Scripture where it says that Jesus wept, there's some reasons why He wept. And they need to be the same reasons why we weep. Number one, it was His desire for the people. His desire. If you had known such a great desire, you know. Number two, concern for the judgment. You read it. Judgment was coming, and so he says, you know what I mean? I'm passionate about this thing so that they don't have to come into that judgment. You know? Because your house gets left desolate. And then, of course, his love for the people. How oft I would have gathered you as a hen doth her chicks. You know? There's times. You know what I mean? They need to be gathered under some wings. So, Father, thank you this morning. We're determined and we're grateful and we are overjoyed that we can be an earthly counterpart and an advocate and a gap stander for the broken down. We ask for the grace, the mercy into the lives of our front lines to rescue the perishing, to open the blind the eyes of the blind, God, and to show them that there is an open door to the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Go with God because he's going with you.